Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video. Today, Michaela Peterson talks seduction. Let's get into it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. Part of the book, I have the nine types of seducers. And I'm trying to tell you that you're going to be one of these types. You know, there's the siren, the rake, the charmer, the natural, the dandy, the charismatic, et cetera, et cetera. What's you're the dandy? The dandy is a person who has a kind of androgynous edge to them. It's a man who has... So that's like, um, who's who's like that... Um... The guy that plays Jack Sparrow, uh, Johnny Depp, is like that. Oh, sorry, I, I skipped back somehow. Oh, in, the, in the first part of the book, I have the nine types of seducers. And I'm trying to tell you that you're going to be one of these types. You know, there's the siren, the rake, the charmer, the natural, the dandy, the charismatic, etc., etc. What's you're the dandy? The dandy is a person who has... A kind of androgynous edge to them. Oh, or like uh, K-pop stars are that as well. It's a man who has a slight feminine edge. It doesn't seem make him seem, you know, gay or whatever. If if he is straight, it just is intriguing. Think of like a Mick Jagger or a rock star like yeah, that, or a, okay. Dave, a David Bowie. It kind of adds to their romantic allure, and there is a slight bisexual element to that, no doubt. And in a woman. It's a slight sort of masculine edge, like a Marlena Dietrich or a Madonna. And that slight edge of masculinity doesn't put men off. It excites them. And I explain why in that chapter. Well, it does depend on the man, right? If, if a man is hyper-masculine, he's not going to like masculine traits in his girl. Then maybe for bedroom fun, it might be fun, might be enjoyable. So that's the dandy. Um, I can't remember why I'm talking about this. I had a reason behind it. What was your question before? Do you remember? I, I can't remember my question before, but I have a new question anyway. Marilyn okay. Monroe, does she fall yeah. under the siren? Most definitely. She's like, there are two icons for, for the siren, which is the first type that I talk about because it's the oldest seductive type in history. It goes back to ancient Greece. The, the oh, Helen of Troy. Sirens themselves in the myth. Um, Cleopatra is the first icon oh, of yeah. it. And then Marilyn Monroe is the second. And the reason is, is that the siren has a kind of a theatrical edge to her. It's always a woman in this case. All the other types, except the rake, rakes are only men. All the other types can be either gender. But the siren is a woman who exudes this kind of natural sexuality in everything she does right so these are hyper feminine uh bedroom fun type girls okay i'm i'm uh, curious about this so let's let's look up the nine uh, seduction types to to go on uh um on an aside here because he might not explain all of them and i i just want you guys to know what they are okay let's see okay so here they are i'll just uh i'll tell you them and then uh we'll go over each of them so there's the siren rake Ideal lover, dandy, natural, coquette, charmer, charismatic, and the star. Okay, so siren uh, represents adventure and change. They develop their persona and charm on the premise that their partner is looking for a variety of experiences, and they present those experiences. 
and they're like theatrical. Okay, the rake is a seducer who catches the target's fancy by incessantly pursuing her. Uh, the rake has an effect on women due to his ability to show an ardent devotion to her. So he, he, this is the love bombing thing. That's the rake. The ideal lover uh, is a fantasy lover who makes the beloved feel lofty and great. Casanova, Madame de Pompadour. And uh, Casanova is historically considered the most successful seducer. He made himself irresistible to women by giving them what seemed missing in their lives. He used careful observation to determine a woman's needs and presented himself as the epitome of what she desired. And uh, Madame Pompadour employed the same strategy with King Louis XV. So she's like the mistress of Louis XV. The dandy. He's a seducer who offers the kind of forbidden freedom most people can only dream of. Uh, He's essentially a radical who doesn't conform to tradition and relies on insolence to attract the opposite gender. Uh, a male dandy is not an aggressive male seducer, but rather a sophisticated and graceful one. So he's like feminine. And um, a woman dandy has masculine qualities. Um, so like, um, I guess that would be someone like, what's her name? Joan Jett, right? How she's like a, fe- uh, like a girl, but with masculine qualities. The natural. Um, so many people consider childhood as the golden age. The natural seducer is one who has somehow retained the childhood traits of acquiring a sense of having lost the time of thoughtless memory, allowing all the more precious and desired moreover self remain. So so basically the natural is kind of has like that childlike wonder. People are attracted to them because they represent a refreshing experience in contrast to the daily seriousness of adult life. They have a childlike quality. The coquette is the kind of seducer who leads a person on without offering instant gratification. Their MO is to delay satisfaction alternating between unexplained warmth and coldness. So this would be like a a BPD girl, right? They create a persona of being unavailable and this generates excitement. The charmer, they're those who seduce by making the targets the center of attention. They don't highlight their own selves, but their entire focus is on bringing comfort and pleasure to their targets. They avoid conflict and appeal to a person's vanity by making them talk about themselves. They watch and observe, allowing their targets to open up completely. Once they know their weaknesses, they use that information to get what they want. Uh, Like uh, Benjamin Disraeli and Queen Victoria. Okay, the charismatic. The charismatic seducers are inherently exciting because they come across as self-sufficient and self-driven. They represent the kind of personality that most people want to see themselves as. They might be great orators, public figures, visionaries, or leaders. People might look towards them to alleviate their sufferings. They use their powerful personalities and their way with words to sway emotions and stir change. The star has a glamorous and dramatic presence and they present themselves as objects of fascination. Kennedy was a star who won over his opponents to his star quality and eloquence. Star seduced the subconscious mind by appealing to human fascination with the strange and mythical. Okay, so there you go. So those are, those are all of them. I literally just went to Wikipedia. If you're curious, just look it up there. All right, that was our aside. Let's continue. Right. She doesn't have to come on overtly, but it's in her glances. It's in her voice. It's in her, the way she moves her body. And Marilyn Monroe was the quintessence of this. And part of it comes from her from her story. She was an orphan, right? She had a very tough childhood. And her whole life was about the fact that she felt abandoned. Right. And she became um, BPD, right? 
because she felt abandoned, she wanted to be the center of attention so that nobody would ever abandon her. And so she had this uh, this childlike quality, right? But also she used her bedroom fun attractiveness to keep the attention on her. So, you know, classic girl seduction. When the girl understands what her power is and then uses it, even more extremely than most women do. Because, of, of course, women's primary agency is attractiveness, so. This is just the girl that's using it even more than the average. All right, let's continue. But she never had the love of a parent in her life, and it was very real. And so, and so she sought the love of multiple men, which is why women need the father figure, by the way. Her desire was to get love from everybody she came upon. And she learned early on that by wearing a certain kind of sweater, she right. could excite men and, and, and get attention from them. And then she learned when she became an actress to kind of make love to the camera, to kind of look at the camera in a way that wasn't obvious, but it, it kind of reeked some sort of animal sexuality. And it was very, very seductive. It made her, you know, the quintessence. Michaela does that too. When, you, um, when she's talking to certain men, you can see it when she's talking to certain men on her own podcast. But anyway. Of, of, of beauty and seduction of her time. And so, yeah, she, she's definitely one of the icons of that, for sure. You talked about the rake. Can you describe the rake? Yeah, I mean, I was a rake. Uh, I'm what you call a reformed rake, so I can speak from experience on that. And basically, my years of being a rake were in my 20s and pretty much early 30s, and then it was then I stopped. But the rake is a man who has an intense interest in women. He understands them deeply. He's obsessed with women. And perhaps it comes from something, relationship going with his mother. You know, we can analyze that as well. But he has this obsessive interest in them. He understands their spirit. He finds it very exciting to be around them. But one woman can never satisfy him. The only way he can get satisfaction is by constantly having new women in his life. That's how he that's how he satisfies this hunger. Because the moment that a woman becomes familiar, it kind of loses the, the edge that he wants. He's kind of like a hunter. Right. Okay. I uh I yeah, okay. I, I understand. So the the rake is like collecting bodies because he finds it exciting to get more and more girls. So it's basically the male's uh, bedroom fund strategy um, expanded to the extreme, right? You know, acknowledging that the man is polygamous and just getting as many bodies as he can for the thrill of the hunt, effectively. He loves the process of hunting the woman, of, of seducing her of getting her to fall for him. And in those first few weeks, he showers her with attention. That's his power. He love bombs them. He's so, he's so excited about their world. He gives them gifts that show he's thinking about them. He takes them to exciting places. It's irresistible, right? And um, But the thing is, it can't last because he has to continually spread, spread the wealth. He has to continually find new people to conquer. And I, I, in, I, in the book, I kind of um, profile some of the greatest rakes who ever lived. Uh, Casanova would be a rake. And one of them 
is the is the great classic Hollywood actor Errol Flynn. Um, Errol Flynn was this devilishly handsome man that didn't hurt, but he was also, in the end, people claimed that he had seduced or slept with about 3,000 women. <laughs> 3,000 is absurd. Genghis, Genghis Khan is like 6,000. Actually, let's, let's look up. Let's, let's look it up because uh, I'm just curious. Okay. Uh, okay, so one in 200 people are descended from Genghis Khan. So he probably had 0.5% of the male population in the world. <laughs> 16 million descendants are living today. Okay, and... Uh, yeah, uh, so probably had an end count a bit higher than, than uh, 3,000, but 3,000 is absurd. And um, and he died when he was 51, 52 from alcoholism. Oh. And so I went, when I wrote the book, I kind of did the math on All right, let's do the math because I'm curious. All right, um, sorry. I'm just opening a calculator here. So if you have an end count of 3,000, okay, let's say that he started... You know, let's let's say he started at 20 years old, okay? So he died at 51. So that means he had 31 years of being a seducer. Okay, and his end count is 3,000. So 3,000 divided by 30, I mean, it's it's not rocket science. Um, it's 100. So that means he slept with a, an, an average of 100 girls a year, okay? So it's 52 weeks in a year. So that means he slept with two girls a week for 31 years. Think about that. So every three days, he had a new girl. On average. Probably this isn't how exactly it worked. Sometimes he had streaks of multiple girls. Sometimes he had, I'm sure. But that's the average. That's crazy. All right? That's that's absurd. That, and the math was rather insane. It was like at some point he had to be seducing a new woman every other day. Something like yeah. that. Two girls and a week. I was trying Ish. to figure out what was his secret. What made him so insanely seductive to women of all types, actresses, waitresses, you name He's very physically attractive, he's rich, and he's charismatic. He's got everything that men need to seduce women. And I'm sure he had good logistics. He had a place to sleep with the girls easily. Of course, being Errol Flynn and having his reputation helped, but he also had a devilish edge that kind of scared a lot of women. But I read in one book that just being around, he was so comfortable with himself. He was so non-defensive. He was like an animal that was completely comfortable in his body. And it was, it made the woman completely relax. This one woman said, I felt like I had drunk a couple of martinis and I hadn't just by being around him. Right, because he makes the girl feel so comfortable because he's comfortable in his own skin. He's very suave. Just look up a picture of Errol Flynn. He's very, very traditionally handsome. Very traditionally handsome. And so the rake has this kind of undefensive quality. He's like this natural animal that exudes this energy, kind of like how the siren is. So that's sort of what a rake is. Very handsome. That was awesome. Okay, (laughs) cool. Okay, so I was going... Notice how she gets... Michaela just got turned on just thinking about a man that has an end count of 3,000. Because obviously, girls find men with high encounters very attractive. I'm going to ask what the equivalent of that was for a woman, but you're saying the siren, kind of. The equivalent of a man like Errol Flynn for a girl is actually not like Errol Flynn at all. 
It's the woman that all women want to be and all men want to be with. So that is a girl who's 18 to 23, so that's in her rock star phase, the prime of her fertility, with an end count of zero, who is fit, feminine, cooperative, submissive, and bedroom fun loyal. So the equivalent of Errol Flynn is the girl next door, but imagine the girl next door is a 9 to 10 out of 10 in appearance. So practically an impossibility, right? Because most women are not 9 or 10s out of 10. And most women that are attractive enough to be 9s are not virgins, right? So just like a a man like Errol Flynn with an end count of 3,000, how it's practically an impossibility. It's a statistical outlier to such an extreme that it's almost to the point of being ridiculous. So Errol Flynn... At the age of 30, right, let's say he started, you know, his seduction career when he was 20, would have had an end count of what? Two girls a week. So that's 100 girls a year. So that's um, in 10 years. So his end count would have been 1,000 at the age of 30. It's absurd, right? Yes. Um, yeah, definitely the siren. I mean, you can't really have a male siren and you really can't have a female yeah. rape. I mean, um, I do profile in the in the in the in that section probably the greatest lesbian seductress who ever lived, Natalie Barney, who was kind of a poet and writer in the early 20th century. And she was the closest equivalent I could come to a female rape. Because um she was Well, what she probably did was copy the traits of successful men, right? Or maybe she didn't copy them. She innovated a, a strategy for seduction that rakes have also come up with seducing women left right and center and she had a little bit of that presence but normally it's something that's pretty specific to men and women okay that description was amazing can i get you to do one more that was amazing (laughs) okay i want yeah and another um i guess seductive type you want me to list what the other ones are yeah yeah that was too cool we need to do more Oh, that was the the day. She's so look at how excited she is. She's like a little girl, you know. It's like it's like dad is explaining something cool to her, you know. Which actually is really what this interview is, right? It's a more experienced man with a younger girl, and the man is just explaining things about the world, and she's excited to hear it, right? This is actually a very good dynamic between man and woman. If you have that dynamic with your girl. You're going to have a very happy relationship indeed. This kind of dynamic, right? When she's deferring to your authority, your intelligence, your knowledge. Tell me a story, you know? Kind of like children where they want to hear a story from their, from their dad. Like it's, it's the same, right? Very cool. Let's continue. Andy, I already mentioned the natural, which is the one who's kind of like a child. Then there's the coquette. Blows hot and cold. Very, very powerful seductress. Um, there's the charmer who's very good at sort of social seductions. There's the star, the person who kind of exudes kind of like a, like a film star presence that makes everyone project their fantasies onto him or her. And there's the charismatic, somebody who just has that natural charisma. I can't think if I'm leaving somebody, oh, the ideal lover. That those, okay. those are the other seven types. So you choose whichever one you want. Okay. What was, you said there was one where you project your ideal lover on them? So uh, now Michaela will tell on herself, which is the guy she's most attracted to? Let's see. 
Well, the star is is sort of this person I use as the example. Um, the the woman is Marlena Dietrich, and the man was John F. Kennedy. Excuse me, <clears throat> President John F. Kennedy. And what it is is they've. I don't know who Marlena Dietrich is. Let's. I, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Let me let me see. Marlena Dietrich. I, I've actually never heard of. Uh, German and American actress and singer whose career spanned from the 1910s to the 80s. Uh, she performed on stage and in silent films. All right. Okay. Learned the Hollywood technique. And for Marlena Dietrich, it was clearly, you know, a film thing that she had learned was you have a kind of blankness to you. You're not too obvious in what you say and what you do. You're not overtly this way or that way. You have a kind of an emptiness to your face, to your blankness, to how you move. And you allow people, you don't talk too much, and you allow people to project onto you their fantasies. They s- Actually, what's very interesting about what he's describing is uh, a lot of video games are actually made with this concept in mind, right? The main character doesn't talk. The main character doesn't have a personality. The main character doesn't have a very defined face. And you project yourself onto the main character in that game. It's the same principle. Very, very interesting. See into you what they want to see into you. Whereas if you kind of say who you are and you're too direct, they have a, they have a mysterious air about them. And John F. Kennedy, he uh, was obsessed with Hollywood. This is something people don't understand or know very well. He was obsessed with Hollywood. He was obsessed with film stars. And his favorite film star from the classic age of Hollywood was Montgomery Cliff, very handsome young man from the late 40s, early 50s. And he modeled his whole persona after Montgomery Cliff, that kind of silent machismo that he exuded, that kind of certain look in his eye that Montgomery Cliff had. And it was immensely powerful, as we saw in the election in 1960, where so many people saw into him what they wanted to see, you know, and he disguised the reality. He disguised the reality that he was actually a man in his 40s who was physically in, almost crippled. He had all of these illnesses. He could His back was incredible pain, but he was able to disguise all of it and, and project this other image. Mm-hmm. So he, these are the two people that I chose to to kind of illustrate that. Wow. Interesting. And then you're like a, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Well, you're kind of like a blank screen onto which people can see what they want to see. And there's a way to do that. And I kind of describe in that chapter how you can do that. It's very interesting, actually, because a man reading this book can see what kind of fits his proclivities and, and, you know, choose one that goes along with his, with his personality. Anyway, let's continue. Can you describe how you can do that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I understand, Michaela. I've written seven books, and and I can't remember all of the details. Um, You know, like, so for, for someone like Marlena Dietrich, she would dress in a certain way where it seemed kind of ambiguous and you didn't know what she was doing or what it meant. She would wear, for instance, she was also a dandy. She would wear, for instance, a man's tailored suit. Right. And, um, but she would do it in a way, the way she hold her cigarette, the way she walked down the stairs where you thought she was, there was something going on, 
she had like this added presence, but she couldn't figure out what it was because she didn't say or do anything directly. She didn't purposely demonstrate why she was wearing that or, or, or reveal, you know, something by the way she walked. It was just nonverbal. There was something about her in air. And she learned in front of the camera, if you've ever acted before, you understand that quietness is much more powerful than noise. If your face is quiet, you're able, and, and your whole body is quiet, and your spirit is quiet, you attract the camera, you attract attention, it looks powerful. In theater, if there are like five actors on the stage, the man or woman who stands with dignity, who's calm, who doesn't say anything but has this presence, that's where your eye goes to. And the camera knows this. So that kind of blankness, where you allow people to see into you what they want, is what the camera loves. And any actor kind of learns that. I mean, I, I direct the listener here to go and read the chapter on the star because there's more kind of practical advice in there if that's what you want. Each each of the each of the categories, there's a lot of advice about because the idea is, Michaela, is you have one of these qualities in you. It's natural to you. You're kind of born with it. I don't Yeah, that's right. Uh, that that actually makes intuitive sense because you exist on this planet because your father did something and your mother did something, right? Your father attracted your mother somehow with one of these strategies and your mother attracted your father using one of these strategies. So you're going to have some mix match of that or some innovation that maybe is a slight deviation off of those strategies. That makes total sense. You are a product of your parents. So naturally, that would occur. I don't care who you are or how, what your looks are or whatever. You have one of these qualities. Because seduction isn't about beauty. It's about a kind of understanding human psychology. That's absolutely true. It is, it is about beauty. But beauty, especially for men, it only gets your foot in the door. You can be attractive, but if you are unattractive through your personality, you're not going to get laid, which is very interesting, actually. All right, let's end the video there. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, hit all for notifications, share this video, drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, and Tom M. Just click more in the link in the description. Buy my books at bit.ly slash heliosbooks and go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash theheliosblog. Thank you so much for listening, especially if you listen to the end. I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves and I'll see you next time.